Thank you so much for being with us. It means a lot. And I have to tell you, I love getting your messages. I love your sweet text. Um, They mean a lot. Because it's very different for us. Um, I'll be honest. I'm looking at a room full of fruit and vegetables and rice, which is pretty awesome. Because this church is working hard to take care of our people in the city of Dallas. But it's empty. You're not here. I miss you. I can't wait to hug you. I promise when we come back, we're going to have a hug fest. But we're going to do it when it's the right time. We love you so much, and I want, to, I want you to know, too, that if you're visiting with us today, you matter to us. And we don't just say that. Lover's Lane means that. We love you so much, and we are so thankful for you. And we don't take that for granted. And so we appreciate you watching us today, and we say thank you. So, take a deep breath. Let's begin. We're going to uh, go into our sermon, but I have to tell you a couple of things I've been learning. Rafe, I can't wait. I don't even think I told you this and I tell you everything. I don't think I told you this, but I've been learning some things. And if you notice, I have a new necklace on today. It's called a mask, right? Um, So we have a lady in our church that I have a real personal connection to. Her name is Miss Chapman. Well, that's what I called her. Around here, they call her Kathy Chapman. But I call her Miss Chapman because when I was in the sixth grade, she was my home ec teacher. And so, like I've said a couple of weeks ago, um, don't hold it against me, honey, um, that I'm not the best cook, or especially can sew, but Ms. Chapman can. So Ms. Chapman made sure that several of us on staff had these really pretty masks. And thank you, Ms. Chapman, because she made mine purple, so I'm very excited. But I'm learning how to get used to a mask, like some of you, but it's important, right? I'm also learning that I don't have a good supply of pajamas, Um, and I don't know about you, but some days I feel like I need to go get the winter ones out. Then the next day I need to get the summer ones out. Then the next day I need to go get the winter ones back out. But I discovered my pajamas are not so much. So I'm needing to up my pajama game right now. How about you? Some of you agree. Some of you shaking my, my husband's probably shaking his head. Yes, absolutely. I'm also learning something different. About two weeks ago, um, Jeff and I were cooking away, and my stove literally caught on fire. We have this glass top, real pretty glass top stove. And um, I'm sure it has to do with the user, but needless to say, it blew up. So I'm also learning how to cook with a crock pot, a microwave, or an oven. So God is really stretching me. (laughs) I can't even begin to tell you. He's really stretching me. But I'm learning through this process. I'm learning to just kind of sit and go, okay, let's think this through. If food doesn't come out the way I want it to come out, if uh, things are hot or cold, it just doesn't really matter. What really matters is living into the moment. And I am thankful for the moment that I'm getting to share with my 14-year-old kid and my sweet husband. Those have meant the world to me. We even sit at a table together and both of us work. I love it. I get to see him and I get to be with him and it means a lot to me. So I'm really trying to find the good and then I'm trying to learn from not the bad but from the different. I hope that's working for you. And some of you keep asking me about my hair. 
Um, I'm still hoping that my roots aren't showing, but I will tell you that it keeps growing. So I promise you in a couple of weeks, it's really going to look like a generic Q-tip. It just is. It's going to be crazy. Um, and yes, I keep noticing on the screen it keeps getting wider, but um, I'm trying, but I can't get it thinned yet. So I'm learning. I'm getting there. Um, I want you to know um, that I also hear you. I've gotten some of your emails. I've heard from you, and I am praying, and I am um, listening. Um, and I'm not the only one. I know that Pastor Don and Pastor Randall are as well. We hear you. Pastor Stan does too. He hears you, and we love you, and we know that you're there. We know that some of you are going through things that have nothing to do with COVID. It just happens to be really bad timing, but we do hear you. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start into um, a new series called Becoming the Gospel. I'm kind of excited about this, but I'm not going to lie to you this morning. What I'm about to preach is really stepping on my toes because today is about forgiveness. I would love to stand up here and tell you I've got this down, but if I did, I would not be telling you the truth. I don't. But forgiveness is important. And becoming the gospel, it's important to understand forgiveness. So some of us know that word, but do you really know what the clinical term of forgiveness is? I had to look this up, but I thought it was interesting because we know that it's an action, right? It's something that we actually do, and it's a process of either forgiving or being forgiven. But here's an interesting thing. Psychologists generally define forgiveness as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you. Now that sounds really cool, but how do we do that? Well, like anything else in Scripture, Jesus gives us the perfect example of that. And so today I'm going to read from Luke chapter 23, if you want to pull out your phone or your Bible. And I'm going to read from the Common English. And I'm going to start at verse 33. It goes like this. When they arrived at the place called the skull. So you know it's not going to be good when your destination is called the skull. They crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They drew lots as a way of dividing up his clothing. The people were standing around watching, but leaders, leaders sneered at him, saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If he really is Christ, sent from God, then he's the chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him. They came up to him offering him sour wine and saying, if you really are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Above his head was a notice of the formal charge against him. It read, this is the king of the Jews. So my question today becomes three parts. 
And I'm going to start with my first question, which I'm going to be learning with you as we walk through this, as I always do every single week, which is, do we have the faith to forgive others? Do we have the faith to forgive others? Here is Jesus on the cross being taunted. And you have to understand, the Romans had tortured down. Because if someone on the cross that they were crucifying died before they were supposed to, then that soldier had to die in their place. So they had torture down. So taunting was huge in this. We know the things that had already happened to Jesus right before he ever made it to the cross. Now he's on the cross and they still don't let up. Then what happens is you've got a criminal on one side and a criminal on the other. And this one criminal's like, look, dude, if you're really who you say you are, would you please get us down from here? Then you've got a criminal who says, I, I know what I've done. This is really where I deserve to be. You need to leave him alone. You, in the meantime, you've got people at his feet that are bartering and that are throwing dice for what he had on. So humiliation and every shape and form is, is happening. And what does Jesus say? He doesn't say what I would have said. He doesn't even sit in silence when that would have been okay too. He says, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. So here's the thing, in your life, whatever you're carrying for someone else, and this has been something for me. You even may be right, but forgive. You may be sitting in a puddle of pain and hurt, but forgive. And you don't forgive for yourself. You forgive because God forgave you don't even forgive for them. You forgive because God forgave you. I was reading a story um, that a friend of mine had said, Didi, you got to read this. And it was about a firefighter that had been um, on call for several days in a row, and he finally got to go home. And he's in his car, and he's driving home, and he, and he falls asleep, and he hits a woman. And in the wreck, he kills the woman and injures a 19-month-old baby. Can't imagine. What becomes interesting, though, is that the husband of the woman who passed away was a pastor. And not only does he go to court and ask for uh, the, man's, the man to have a diminished sentence, he literally begins to meet with this man. He begins to have coffee with this man. And they become friends. 
This man who lost his wife, whose baby girl was injured, says, you know what? You forgive as you have been forgiven. Forgiving does not imply forgetting. Forgiving is choosing not to remember the offense that's come against you. One of the things that Matt also had to do, though, was Matt had to learn how to forgive himself. This firefighter had to learn how to forgive himself, too. And so my second question for you becomes, do you have the faith to forgive yourself? Do we have the faith to forgive ourselves? This was a hard one for me. I am that person in my life that, that I lived so long for myself in ministry. Let me tell you, and I could do it really easy in Jesus' name. I knew scripture because I went to a great Christian school who you didn't pass if you didn't know scripture. So I knew scripture, but I didn't know it. And so there was a long path in my life that led me to the place of even though I'm in ministry, it was for me. And so when I really came to the place of understanding my call and really came to the place of understanding how much Jesus loved me and that it really wasn't about me, all of the sudden it changed. But I had to learn how to forgive myself because I had lived so long making decisions that were all about me. Do you really believe God has forgiven you if you cannot forgive yourself? If you can't believe God forgave you, then how do you forgive yourself and then in turn forgive others? Shame, that's where I came from. Fear, I came from fear because if I don't do it right, then, then what is the world gonna think? I want it right. And then it imploded into this whole thing of I want it right for God. Guilt. Oh, and here's the one for me. The what ifs. What if I had done it differently? What if I had done it this way? What if I had said this differently? It's like what if, what if, what if, what if. And we all sit in that place and drive ourselves crazy of what ifs. One of the greatest things you'll ever do with those what ifs is learn to forgive yourself. And forgiving ourselves. That also means that we learn to ask forgiveness. So we might get hung on the situation of forgiving others, but then it really gets hard. Because then I ask the question, do we have the faith to ask for forgiveness? Are we self-aware enough to realize that we need to? The hardest place sometimes is realizing we have to ask for forgiveness. In becoming the gospel, we have to be self-aware. Self-aware is a mighty, mighty broad subject. Forgiveness comes in many forms. And what I love about this text today is what we find out when Jesus has been on the cross. <laughs> 
He's been there. He's not there anymore. That's the good news. But when he was, they mocked him for being the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But here's the really good part. What God does next, we all know, because it is the heart of the gospel. In raising Jesus from the dead, God vindicates him as Messiah and Lord. So what he was made fun of for being is really who he was, but then it shows up and it shows out in a mighty way. Jesus had already forgiven. Forgiveness is a huge part of becoming the gospel. But you have to dive in really deep to say, Lord, I don't even understand what went on here. But if I'm the problem, I want to fix it. If I said the wrong thing, I want to say I'm sorry for it. If my life didn't reflect you, God, in this situation, then I am sorry for that. Will you please forgive me? Sometimes we get so wrapped wrapped up in the fact that I need to forgive them that I forget that in the midst of that is also I need forgiveness as well. Do you have the faith to forgive others? Do you have the faith to forgive yourself? Do you have the faith to ask for forgiveness? Now what I know that some of you are probably sitting there thinking is I don't think I've been out of the house in a month so I'm not even sure how I'm supposed to do that. But what I'm finding for myself is that I have this time on my hands to really pray and reflect. And maybe during this time, it might be a good time to stop and check those boxes. Because I'm learning too that if I'm walking in unforgiveness, I'm too busy walking in unforgiveness to be able to worship and to be able to be exactly what God has called me to be because there's this barrier of unforgiveness between this and what God has called me to do. And guys, sometimes we have to just set it down in order to walk in the path that God has called us to do. We have to set it down. We can't let that barrier be there. Maybe it's family. And maybe some of you look at me today and you go, Didi, you don't know. You have no idea what I have been through. And here's the deal. You would be right. I don't. But God does. God does. He's been there. He has been there. And he still said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. So today what I want to do is I want to get to this place just right where you are. And a few years ago, I guess I was sitting there reading the article. It's probably about seven years ago. 
um, I got to read this story about one of my favorite worship songwriters from years ago, whose church was going through a time of unbelievable growth, but they had kind of lost their way. Uh, the church was in Europe, and, and um, it was literally blowing up at the seams, but they had lost their why. And he said, I come to this place where I just stopped, and I realized that it had become so much about me that it wasn't about him, and I wanted forgiveness. We had made decisions wrong. We had, we had walked through some situations in our church and trying to decide because it was blowing up, and I wanted to come to a place of showing forgiveness. So he sat down and he pinned the words and the music to this song. And, and when they sang the song for the first time, I love this article. He said, we didn't turn the fancy lights on. He said, literally, we just sat at the piano and we just sang these words. These words. 